Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to Good Job, where we interview some inspiring people from the music industry and look at their journey from their very worst job to present day. I had days where I didn't know how I was going to pay the rent. I had days when the landlord was coming and I had no money. But I kind of just had this will and this drive to keep going. My next guest is the wonderful Sheena Ladwa. She is not just a lovely person, she's also a badass business lady. She is director of Ultimate Artist Development Camp, which is a development camp for people who want to make it in the music industry. And it's really, really awesome. It's really awesome. We have a lovely chat about mental health and how that affects artists and how artists can reach their full potential. Good job. So we're going to start from our usual place. What has been your worst ever job? I don't think I've had a worst ever job. I've had difficult jobs and mm. maybe where I've not enjoyed them as much, but I've not had a worse job. Okay. You know, I've had jobs where I've had to do things that I really don't want to do and I definitely wasn't paid enough to do. Okay. But yeah, no worse job. I've, I guess I'm one of the fortunate yeah, ones. Yeah, you're really lucky. <laughs> Even when I was 15, 16, whatever, I had a job in Papa John's, but I loved it because they let me choose the music every time I had a shift. So I was just like, I don't even hate this. Like, I, I just sing, listen to the music I love and eat pizza on my breaks. So I was like, great job. <laughs> Probably go. my best one. So Maybe yeah, I don't it's your think... positivity that's different. Maybe it's your Maybe. how you perceive it. Because yeah, I was like, mm. you started as an artist. And you've yeah. gone through this whole journey to become director of UA. Tell us about this journey. It's mad. Gosh, so I grew up with music in my house. My dad's involved in Bollywood, so he's a singer. and never really enjoyed performing that style of music. Don't mind listening to it, but never really wanted to sing it. And so I grew up on, like, R&B, Boys to Men, Blackstreet, Mariah Carey, Whitney, and just had a real love for that genre and I guess that music was my escapism as I it probably is for so many people but yeah so my mum was quite ill when we were growing up and I just used to escape by listening to music and where we lived the kitchen was a completely separate part of the house that when you're in there nobody can hear you so I would just go in there and sing to my heart's content knowing that no one could hear me and so that's kind of where the love for music started and then my dad being my dad he asked me to perform discover that I kind of had a voice and then was always quite supportive of it and then unplanned I moved to London like overnight literally overnight and why why did you just suddenly move well it was just a crossroads in my life that at that point it was make or break and I just had to do it I just turned 18 and I'd kind of been trying to get my parents approval for a little while 
And then one day my dad just said, look, if you want to do it, go. Like, now's the time. And so I did. And moved to London and knew that what I was going to do was music and had this dream, which I'm sure many people have had, of being this star, R&B star. And so then, yeah, moved to London, needed to get a job. Like, I had days where I didn't know how I was going to pay the rent. I had days when the landlord was coming and I had no money. But I kind of just had this will and this drive to keep going. And I've always had, so I've been told, I've always had the gift of the gab and would just kind of sweet talk my landlord and just flag it a little bit and just find some, buy some extra time. And in that journey, I had to get a job and really start supporting myself in London. And what I quickly realized, especially in terms of music, is that if you want to get anywhere, you have to work with the best. Mm -hmm. But in working with the best, you have to pay for it as well. And so I just knew that I had to make money and try and get the best that I could. And so I kind of did a couple of jobs that I wasn't so sold on. Mm -hmm. Not that they were the worst jobs, but I just didn't enjoy them as much. Mm -hmm. And then through that, I landed a job at the Daily Mail. And I think for me, that kind of was the turning point started to earn decent money and could like pay for studio time, could pay for a producer, could pay for vocal lessons. And that was the dream. So now I was just focused on that, working all hours God sent, daytime job, evening, you know, going to the studio till whatever time in the morning. And there was a running joke in the office that basically my breakfast used to be a cocktail. And don't do this, guys, please. It's not good for you. But my breakfast was a cocktail of Pro Plus, two cans of Red Bull and a coffee and that was my breakfast to kickstart my body <laughs> but don't do that because my training team worked behind me and they'd see that and in the end the training manager said I'm taking all of the pro plus away from you like this is not good for you so I was banned from did it not make that. you go crazy no it just got me about ready to start the day because <laughs> I was so exhausted but this is the kind of thing you have to do right and I think any aspiring artist will kind of know what this feels like, having to work and try and live your dream. And so from the Daily Mail, I moved over into recruitment for the industry. So I was recruiting for the media industry. And then from that, I ended up in a job which actually changed my perspective on everything. And that was when I started working for an agency and we would plan a media campaign strategically, like spend mm -hmm. their money, look at return on investment. And what I quickly started realizing was actually everything that I'm doing in my job can be applied to an artist. So like the artist is the brand, you're selling a product, you want to get a return on your investments or whatever money you've spent. And all of this stuff started to like click in my head and I started to apply it to myself. And it was during that time that I got approached guys, this is another thing that will happen. I got approached by a manager and I wasn't looking for it. I was doing my thing, you know, I was recording music, working the London live scene, mm -hmm. had met so many amazing people. I was literally performing almost every week, building a bit of a name. And then I got approached by this manager who was like, I've been following your journey for a few years. And I just released a song, like a soft release of a song called Reflections. And he'd heard that and contacted me on the back of that song. And he was like, I want to meet with you. And so I met with him and he had some really great ideas, like how he wanted to manage my career, wanted to take me out of the UK. Like he had mm. lots of contacts. He's, he's quite a name. So what happened was in 2014, we started to talk about what he was going to do for me in terms of management. Mm -hmm. 
And then I had gone off to America for about three weeks and I came back and he said to me, look, I think now's the time for you to leave your job. Like, I want to take you out to the States and I want to do this and I want to do that. And I mean, I'm not naive. So when I had some of those early meetings with him, I took in my lawyer, I took in my brand guy that was looking after all my creative at the time, just to get a second opinion, because I think you can think you're a great judge of character. But in this industry, I think people are just so used to masquerading that it becomes like a part of their identity. And you can totally fall for it. So I was so aware of that, that I took people in with me. And my lawyer at the time said, and I should have listened to him, he said, the plan in theory sounds great. Mm -hmm. He goes, but and this is probably a lawyer trait they pick up on, but he goes, the pace at which he was speaking unnerved me. I was like, but I talk quickly. And he was like, no, he was talking quickly. It was like, um, almost an anxiety pace, mm -hmm. which I didn't pick up on because like I'd met this guy so many times before yeah. and just thought it was him. So it did take a third person to kind of pick up on that. Anyway, long story short, I was supposed to go to LA that summer. The date that I was supposed to move came and went and I'd not heard of the guy. And by this time I've resigned, worked my notice period. So I have mm -hmm. no job. And I was just like beside myself. And, and so my dad was like, look, there's no point in stressing about this. Let's just go away, have a break. And when we come back, you, hopefully you'll have an answer. And the day that I got back, I think it was a text or a phone call from him basically saying that he'd been arrested. And at that point, the reasons that were presented to me as to why he'd been arrested, I just decided in that moment that actually I don't want anything to do with this now. Yeah. And then... I mean, there was still kind of like a back and forth between us a little bit, him saying, I'm not giving up, I just need to postpone until like the new year. Mm. And so then that's when I rang Josh. So yeah. Josh is the founding director of Ultimate Artists. And I said to him, look, I'm going to be in London for a bit longer. Do you want my help on UA this year? And he said, yeah. And so I went and helped out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, prior to that, he'd been asking me to get involved. But because of how much I had going on, I was just like, I don't think I can commit the kind of time that he needed. Mm -hmm. So I went into that year and was looking at it from a more strategic point of view. Like, mm -hmm. you know, what are they doing really well? Where could I help? Where could I bring my background? And then I've always loved what Ultimate Artist stands for. And so that year, like a short time after that, I'd heard that Josh had got ill and so thought to myself, you know, maybe I can help with UA, like maybe I could step in and just kind of alleviate some of this stress or whatever. So I presented an idea and he was like, well, if you can make it work, then cool. And I came in on a more full-time mm -hmm. basis because at that time I had no job, no manager. And I spoke to my dad about it and he said one thing to me that kind of just stopped me a little bit. You might not be where you want to be, but you are where you're meant to be. And so before you go back, because I was considering calling my old director, mm -hmm. he was like, just take a minute. And so I did. And in that taking a minute, I rang Josh. Yeah. And I guess the rest is history. Yeah. So And that's something that I really believe in being where you're meant to be. And at certain times, it feels like the worst place. But like now I look back on stuff that I thought was terrible and it's made me get to where I am now. And I'm 100%. sure you feel the same about that. hundred percent. Like, so the definitive moment actually was not that I didn't have a manager because mm. actually I started working with somebody else for a short time and I had a headline show in London and it was on that stage mm. that night. So it was February the 13th, 2015. Mm. 
and I've got a headline show, it's sold out, and I had lost my voice. And on the day of the show, when I was supposed to be in sound check, I was in bed. And I had no idea how I was going to get through that night. And so I think if I remember it correctly, I'd put Facebook status, thank God for Facebook, I'd put up a Facebook status saying I have no idea how I'm going to get through tonight's show when I have no voice. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, you might know Rasmus Sanderson. Mm -hmm. So he must have seen my status. So Raz is an incredible singer, songwriter, like lead singer of Diamond Head, this incredible band. And he must have seen my status and he messaged me saying, hey, Han, I've just seen your status. My fiance and I are in the restaurant part of the venue. I'll come and warm you up and get your voice sorted for tonight, which I was just like, oh, my God, this is a godsend. So he did, bless him. And I got through that show. Mm. But there was a point where I dedicated a song to somebody like I just saw all these phones come out and all these flashlights go on. And in that moment, I don't know, I don't know whether it was an anxiety attack or just something that said, I, I don't want to do, I don't love being on this stage enough. And I don't love that enough to want to do this. Mm, yeah. And so I came off stage that night, like went out on a high, it was an amazing show and I'd got my voice and whatever, but came off the stage that night and was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And it was there, like when I started to think about it, that I realized I'd always thought that I was going to do music to heal people because music had helped to heal me through so much. But I realized that day that actually I don't have to be performing mm -hmm. to be able to help people. No. And I had never loved being on stage. I always got that sick feeling in my stomach every time I was going on stage or anything to do with being in the limelight. If I was in the studio, completely different story. Doing a radio interview, like mm -hmm. where people are not looking at me, I was fine. But that stage thing for me was that I never had that burning feeling of, oh my gosh, I want to get up there and do it all over again. Mm -hmm. So that was the year, 2015, where I just called it a day. Yeah. But it was there that I realized that everything I'd been through, absolutely everything, like the failed management. I mean, I talked about one management deal, but oh gosh, like I had four different managers in one year. I'd had lots of promises made. I had a super creepy stalker type investor guy that I had to really get away from that like, there were so many things that had happened but I realized that actually everything was my preparation mm -hmm. to be able to do what I'm doing today with ultimate artists and help artists not to make the same mistakes that perhaps I did on yeah. my journey this might sound quite negative towards artists but it isn't it's not meant to be because I think both of both of us have been through this journey in which you've gone out for something specifically and it's ended up taking a massive turn. Yeah. And sometimes you just got to let it take that turn. And then obviously there are people that they should be going for that goal. But yeah, I don't know. I'm also a big believer in life. Take you where you're meant to go. It 100%. will take you there. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. And, you know, I always had this thing like, yeah, I can write songs and I have a good voice. But I, this thing in the back of my mind, like, I'm not the best at this, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm not. I look at certain people and I just know that they've got it. And mm -hmm. you just know it. And I never, and I, I don't know if that's like a self-critical thing that we all kind of do that we're really harsh on ourselves. Yeah. But I just knew in the back of my mind that I didn't have that something. So it would have been a combination of having some talent, but then a lot of luck as well. And I guess, you know, it just comes back to the fact that I didn't want it badly enough. Mm -hmm. I wanted to help people. And that was why I was involved in music anyway. But I think if you can look at it and go, 
at every point I'm learning something, mm -hmm. I don't think then you've not been successful at all. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just think that you've been more successful through the things that you've learned. And not just learning, but applying those lessons as well. Yeah. And I guess it's just, you said it earlier, like maybe it's just my outlook on life, but I think everything's about perspective. Let's go back to having, your dad's in the industry. Yeah. What was it like growing up with someone who was a singer? Really insightful, really amazing. Like having a house where there's always music mm. is incredible. And I think music brings so much happiness, but also insightful because the way that they approach music mm -hmm. is so different. Yeah. I mean, my dad could take one line of a song and repeatedly sing it for the whole day mm. until he'd mastered like every nuance, every note, every little run, every riff in that line. That's where I learned about the discipline in music mm -hmm. and how much you need to put into it, how much you need to practice. If you want to be great, you really have to put the work in. Yeah, people forget that in this industry a lot because they think, oh, it's fun, it's music. Just go and sing and then actually to be really good at it you have to work real real hard you really do and there's no cutting corners and I think that's the naivety that I moved to London with like mm. I thought I'd listened to enough music and sang over enough songs to be really great and then I met my first coach and he said, okay, he bought his guitar and he's like, okay, so Sheena, what do you want to sing? And I sang, oh, I'm going to sing Alicia Keys. And prize that he'd asked me, what's your vision? I was like, I'm going to be this big R&B star. So naive. And so he started to play the song and I sang it and he just put his guitar down and he looks at me and he goes, yeah, okay. So he goes, do you want the good news or the bad news? And I was like, there's bad news? I want both. So he goes, so the good news is you've got a commercial tone, you can like sell records. He goes, the bad news is I could bring a hundred singers here now and they'd sing you all under the table. Mm -hmm. And for me, because maybe of what I'd seen at home with my dad, that became my fuel to then go, no, I'm not having someone say that to me. Mm -hmm. And it could have gone one of two ways, like it could have completely destroyed me, but that was just not my mentality. Mm -hmm. And so I started to really, really train, like take it super seriously and yeah. booked him, would see him every week mm -hmm. to the point where that relationship then evolved into him becoming my producer. Mm -hmm. And like I'd written this song when I was 13 and he was like, yeah, let's produce that song. Like, it's really cool. Let's develop it. Mm -hmm. And then three years after that, he had a headline show in London and he called me and he said, look, do you want to be my support act? Will you open for me? Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what work does. Like when you're disciplined, like I changed his opinion of me just by the fact that I was willing to do the work yeah, it was interesting. And then I moved into a house where they're all musicians. Mm -hmm. And they're, again, involved in Bollywood touring. I learned so much from the way they listen to music, not even train, mm. but just what they're listening. They would listen to, they would hear things that I hadn't even picked up on, like finite listening. And that really opened my ears to how to consume music. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's just been a learning process for me from when I was very young. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. 
With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Let's get to UA. Tell us about uh, UA. What is that? UA is the most amazing thing on the planet. So, and I'm <laughs> not just saying that. Basically, through my old coach, he said to me, Sheena, you know, when you're at a certain point, I want to introduce you to this guy who I think could just take your voice to the next level. And so we got to that point. And um, it was when I wanted to quit music. So I rang my producer, vocal coach, on a Monday. And I was like, I want to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not loving it. I don't feel like I'm great at it, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, what are you saying? I've invested eight years into it. If you were not great, I wouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, look, I want you to go to this guy. And if he tells you that you don't have a voice, then cool. Okay, fine. And of course, that person was Josh. Mm -hmm. So actually, my relationship with Josh started out by him being my vocal coach. Mm -hmm. And he had alluded to this idea that he had about wanting to create a space for artists where they could feel safe and free to explore their creativity and their talent, wouldn't feel judged or whether they wouldn't feel kind of insecure as the industry can make you. But what happens when you have complete freedom? Mm -hmm. And that came off the back of him being on tour with The Voice and mm -hmm. like seeing how many singers they were saying no to. That well, It wasn't a case of they were not good enough, but they just needed the extra development. So he kind of had this idea going in his head. And the more he got to kind of know about what I was doing at, in my job, the more I think he felt that there was opportunity for us to work together. And then, yeah, fast forward a couple of years later, and I'm now in a position to then help him. And... UA is a, an artist development program that develops singer-songwriters and gives them a look at the music business in its entirety, mm -hmm. but it's underpinned with real focus to the mental well-being of mm -hmm. artists. So we do a lot of work in mental health. We run a 10-day residential in August. So it's an intensive residential where artists come in, they work with top tier mentors who are already professionals in the music business so josh you know he's vocal coach to people like little mix rita aura jp cooper james arthur all these names but actually what kind of makes this team really special is though they work with that caliber of artist they have a passion and a heart for just developing artists mm -hmm. no matter what level they're at and so we have what we call our summer residential and then we run various workshops and events and we're actually changing the structure from next year to be all year round. So that's going to wow, be really interesting for artists. Yeah. And the idea is that you come into what is this kind of safe haven. I love the focus on mental health because it's a real difficult industry. You're dealing with rejection. You're dealing with like horrible managers and it's so important that people are doing this work. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the other thing that kind of maybe separates UA from other things out there. You know, people say, oh, but it's just 10 days. But it's not really because you come away with a community of professionals and peers who you will actually go to along your journey time and time again. It's not just mm. about the 10 days. And I think that that sense of community, people that you can go to who you can trust implicitly in this mm -hmm. industry is so important because it is unfortunately a money-making industry and nine times out of 10, what people are concerned about is the bottom line, which is the money. 
and we come from a different angle. I'm not saying that money is not important. It is for everybody. But actually, we genuinely care about the people behind the art. And it is about the people. Mm -hmm. Because if the people are okay, and their mindset is okay, and their well-being is intact, then they're going to be able to create the music that these labels and managers ultimately need anyway. So I think it's just shining a light on, you know, we talk about mental health a lot. But mental ill health is what the actual term is. It's not a taboo. It shouldn't be a taboo subject. Like mm -hmm. we encourage you to come to us, come and get some help. When it goes beyond us, we have a team of people in place who are professionals and trained in well-being. I mean, we started to get trained in therapy and started to take courses as well. Mm -hmm. So we could offer therapy because what happens is, and I talked about it earlier, that, you know, my escapism was music. Mm -hmm. But what people don't ask is well, what were you trying to escape from? Yeah. And so when you're escaping, that usually means that there are unresolved issues that when you come into an environment like UA, mm -hmm. it feels so safe that those things now start to come to the surface. And that's what we mean by there will be some kind of breakdown mm -hmm. if you haven't worked on resolving these issues. Yeah. And so what do we do? We take those issues and now we start working on them. You know, we start working on them because we want to make you the strongest that you can possibly be because actually the real test hasn't even come yet. It's when you go into the industry mm -hmm. and you're dealing with the highs and the lows. You're dealing with sense of rejection. And in some cases, your success can be your demon, you mm -hmm. know, like a success that you never even thought or dreamed about having. How do you deal with it? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with being on stage in front of 100,000 people and then coming off and being told what to do, what to say, what to wear, what to eat? Like, how do you make those transitions? You know, mm -hmm. so this is the stuff that we're very passionate about. And it's what that we will continue to do, regardless of, you know, the, the music side of it, the mental health in music for us will always exist. So yeah, it's so important. Yeah, I think it's the foundation that on mm -hmm. which you can build anything. Like, you know, I always say you wouldn't build a house on a rocky foundation because mm -hmm. that house will collapse. And it's like when you're pursuing music, if the foundation is not solid, i.e. your mental well-being, how you feel about yourself, mm -hmm. your character, your resilience, then the chances are that you will face something later on down the line that you're not prepared to, yeah. to deal with. And in fact, you know, it's just about us being able to give the artists the tools and the empowerment to say, look, you know, you can do this, you can get through it. And if you can't get through it by yourself, you have this army of people who are ready to just support you yeah. through it. And that's what we've always wanted yeah. to in music, you know. Is this something that you feel like you would have benefited from? So my, my story is interesting, actually. Something like UA, definitely, 100%. But my background's slightly different in that my mum has suffered from depression and mental health for as long as we can remember. So growing up with it, I had a different insight, I guess, into it. And so now when I meet somebody, I can kind of almost sense it and I can recognize character traits mm. or certain patterns of behavior that might allude to some kind of mental health or mental ill health, I should say, or depression. So I've had years and this again, you know, I say that everything in your journey, for me, I feel like everything was my preparation. Mm. Had I not had to deal with my mom and kind of understand how to deal with that situation, how to speak to her. I probably wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now with what we're doing with artists, mm. you know. So I have a very different outlook on life and kind of what I've been through and the mm. preparation side of it. And I just hope 
that actually what's been poured into me is the ability, the skills, the tools, the empathy to bring all of that to UA and the people that we work with there. Mm. So that's, yeah, I guess that's where I'm at. Yeah. People often think that pain is synonymous with creativity. What do you think about that? Because people often think that they need to be in pain to create. Mm. Gosh, that's really interesting. That's a really tough question. I don't agree that you need to be in pain Mm. to be able to create. I think more than that, and I know some people are going to listen to this and go, what? But I really believe that what it's about is being conscious, Mm. consciously living in the moment, in the present, and being aware of what's going on around you. Because if you can take what's happening around you and interpret it in your own way, you don't necessarily have to go through that pain to be able to interpret or to express it Mm -hmm. if you're consciously aware of it. And I think in life what happens is that we go through it in a state of a daze almost, Mm -hmm. you know, and then something of great magnitude happens and then it wakes us up. Mm -hmm. Like, stay awake. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't believe that you have to be in pain to be able to express yourself. I think that maybe... Well, let's talk about singing, being able to access tones and be able to really pour emotion Mm -hmm. into your singing. I would argue that that's something that comes with training and working with the right coaches. Like Josh is a a, a stylist coach, like his vocal Mm -hmm. style, right? And understanding how to use your voice and understanding. I mean, Josh describes it beautifully that if you have a palette of colors and you want to paint but you only have black and white you can't really paint a full picture there whereas when you have color in your voice Mm. you can express what you're trying to to say or create and so I think it's a combination of being skilled and working on the skill being conscious and being present Mm. and being aware of what's going on around you and you know like my first song I wrote was a song called Heartbreaker and I was 13 and I wrote it because my uncle was going through a breakup with Mm -hmm. his wife and I was listening so he would come and speak to my dad like his brother would come over all the time and I would listen and listen and listen and I would just start to go I would start to interpret those feelings and emotions and Mm -hmm. listen to what he was saying and maybe use some of those sentences in the song to express so that was how I started to write and you know believe it or not I feel like the songs that I've written Mm -hmm. have been this is going to sound so bizarre, but about something that's going to happen in the future. Oh. Yeah, like the songs that I've written were very rarely based on something that had happened to me, mm-hmm. but then it's kind of unfolded in that way. That's really interesting. It's really strange. It's like I've been writing my future almost, you know. Wow. What, but, what have you written most recently? What's going to happen? Uh, <laughs> well, no, you know, the, the last song that I wrote was a song called Unknown, and it was about fear of the unknown and kind of breaking free from it. Mm-hmm. So... I hope that I live like that. At least I try to live like that. But yeah, it's just been, again, an interesting, an interesting journey. Yeah. It's something that I used to be really nervous of was that I felt like if I sorted myself out emotionally, that I would lose whatever I had in terms of my performance. And maybe that was just a defense to stay how I was. Yeah. But now that I'm in a much better place, my writing got better, my singing got better, my ability to express got better yeah. as well. And I didn't expect that. Mm. So that's really interesting because um, I have understand exactly what you're saying. And I have a song called Reflections, 
which I said alluded to earlier that I released. And that song is a really difficult song for me to sing. Mm. So when I wrote the song, it was based on a hypothetical situation, mm. but then the song became a reality. Mm. And so now it's so hard for me to sing. Yeah. But in 2013, I had like some, I felt like it was an emotional block. So when I was singing that song, I was saying like, I can't bring the emotion to it that I want to or that it should be sang with. And I happened to be in LA at the time and worked with a coach who was amazing, a coach called Wendy Parr. And I remember having like a 20 minute slot with her. And she did this exercise about the journey of the song. Mm -hmm. So she, she said to me, Sheena, you know, take the verse. What's the emotion that you want to express there? And I remember saying, oh, well, I'm, I'm just reflective of like a happier time. And she goes, when you get lost, when you get on stage and you start to worry about what the audience think or you start to think about other things, she goes, think about that roadmap to your song. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it changed the way I performed after that, mm -hmm. because I just think that you can tap into those feelings if you just know how to. I don't mm -hmm. think it's about being in pain or not being in pain. I think that those things add mm -hmm. to the emotion. But I feel like when I got the right kind of training, like everything just got better for me. Mm -hmm. Like I started to really understand what I was working with. Yeah. So I think it's, like, I keep saying, I think it's like a combination of things. I don't think it's any one thing. Mm -hmm. And you stop getting in your own way as well. Yeah, you do. Like, we are our own obstacles 99% of the time. We will tell ourselves stories that aren't the truth, but we will repeatedly believe them. Yes. And it's like, I have um, a client that I work with, and we constantly say, like, you need to stop telling yourself those stories. And more than that, you need to stop believing the stories you're telling yourself because they're not the truth. Mm -hmm. But we will feed ourselves what we think is the truth when it really isn't. Yeah. I think artists are, by their very nature, quite complex people, though. Yes. And that's okay. I think to access what they need to and to express what they need to, I think there needs to be some degree of complexity yeah. or genius, whichever one you want to call yeah. it. But I think I'd just say to artists, like, it's fine to be who you are, but don't stop yourself from progressing. Like, don't talk yourself out of it. I did that to myself so many times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe had I have not been that way... I would still be pursuing being a, a singer-songwriter today. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, just get out of your own way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's easier said than done. Yeah, it is, it is. But then if you can't do it by yourself, surround yourself with the right kind of people. Yeah. There's a really beautiful quote, and I refer to it all the time, but it says, you are an average of the five people you surround yourself mm. with. And I love that quote because I'm I'm really big on energy. And I know if my equilibrium's being affected, I could just look at who's around me and know what's off balance. Yeah. And I think as artists, your support system mm -hmm. and those people that you're spending most time with, it needs to be really intentional. You need to be very intentional with those decisions. Because you know, as an artist, you're pouring so much of yourself into your creativity mm -hmm. and your music that if you don't have the right people around you building you up and, mm -hmm. like, replenishing, like, refilling your vessel, there's only so much you're going to be able to give. So really be aware of, of where you're spending your time and your energy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've given some great advice so far, but have you got any major advice? Like, what's the one piece of advice you'd give an artist? I may have said it already, but I think that see if you can see everything as 
an experience that is preparing you for something that's yet to come, I think that you will find a lot of peace in that. So even when something's going horribly wrong for me, horribly wrong, and like you said it earlier, I'm a director of a business, like I face challenges every day. And when something feels like it's going really wrong, I'm able to find peace in saying, this is definitely preparing me for something I'm yet to deal with. So I'm just going to take the lesson. I'm going to get the support I need and speak to the people I need to. And I'm going to find a way out of it. But ultimately, I'm not going to be beaten by it because it's just preparation. And that for me is my peace. And I can look back over my entire life and say, hand on my heart, that that has been my truth. Mm -hmm. From my mum being ill from when we were so young mm -hmm. to my dad being on tour and, you know, really not being around when we were younger he was inspiring us like who wouldn't want a dad like that but at the same time that like you're learning you know you're learning things the whole time but i do believe that it was preparation if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.